Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. What's up? Good morning. Don't have a whole lot of time with you, so let's just dive right in. I'm Michael Borky. Glad to see you guys on this Monday after still one of the more chaotic weekends that that I can remember. I I mean, I'm still just kind of in shock from what happened this weekend in college football. So I'm glad you're with me and uh, going to get to a couple of things first uh, and then power rank the SEC. It's going to be tough this week, although I, I think... Tier one is like way ahead of everybody else now. I, I just maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll get proven wrong at some point later this season. Do you guys see a scenario in which Georgia could lose to a Texas A&M? I don't. Oh, this this is just uh, it's going to be tough. But I think I've got a pretty good order one through fourteen power ranking the SEC. Also, uh, a stat for you. Stat of the day. Here, I'll just get to that right now. Stat of the day for you. These are all teams that were ranked in the preseason poll. That were ranked in the preseason poll that are not ranked anymore. There is a lot of them. Clemson started at number three. They are three and two. They are no longer ranked. Iowa State, they are now three and two. They were number seven at the time, no longer ranked. North Carolina lost to Florida State on Saturday. They're three and three, no longer ranked. Wisconsin, they were number 12. They're two and three, no longer ranked. Miami, they just announced this morning that De'Aaron King is getting surgery. Uh, They are also no longer ranked. They're two and three. Southern Cal was 15. They fired their coach. They're three and three, no longer ranked. LSU, they're going to fire their coach here very soon. They are three and three. Indiana, number 17 in America going into the season. They are two and three, no longer ranked. Washington, number 20 going into the season. Two and three, they are no longer ranked. Billy Napier's Raging Cajuns were 23. They're no longer ranked. Maybe they should be. They're 4-1. and one. Their one loss is on the road at Texas. And the last one for you, number 24, Utah. No longer ranked. They are 3-2. and two. That is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. 11 of the top 25, almost half, are no longer ranked. Feels like this has been a season of chaos, and it is. So there is your stat of the day. 11 of the preseason top 25 are no longer ranked at all this season. That is amazing. Well, good morning, man. Been a while. Glad to uh, glad to see you back. And, uh, you know, set your calendars. The The morning thing is going to be more, uh, more common in the future. Um, excited about uh, some potential here. So we'll, we'll see. Jameis looked good, Chris says. Yeah, he, you know... First of all, the interception, his foot was stepped on as he's trying to throw the football. Now, when a 320-pound dude is stepping on your front foot, can can you really get into a football and throw it? Probably not. Uh, So everybody's like, oh, there's typical Jameis. What a bad interception. Watch the replay. Andrews Pete was driven back into him. He 
tried to step into the throw, and his foot was had a 300-pound man on it, and so he couldn't drive through and throw the football. All things considered, it was fine. You know, he's not consistent enough still, uh, but what I am baffled by uh, with Saints fans, like there is so much negativity about Jameis. And honestly, what what did you expect? You can't go from Hall of Fame quarterback, guy that you argue should be considered one of the greatest of all time, and go from that to a guy that was riding the bench all year who lost his job in Tampa because he threw too many interceptions. And when it's not perfect, you're you're like melting down. It's insane. I, I don't. I don't quite understand some of the reaction that I'm seeing from Saints fans. I, I guess they're so wrapped up into thinking that Drew Brees is like what you're supposed to get from your quarterback that they just can't possibly appreciate that Jameis has improved from the last time he was a starter. He is clearly making better decisions than he did. And his one interception yesterday, again, he, Andrews Pete was driven back into him. It, it, that's Anyway, I, I can't. I can't argue with some people. The, the dissatisfaction sometimes is crazy. I mean, all things considered, the hurricane displacement, you had COVID come through the team. You've had injuries on the offensive line. Uh, there were two starters out going into the game, and then a third went down during the game. No Michael Thomas, no Traquan Smith. You had Taysom Hill get hurt yesterday. You had Harris get hurt yesterday. Your defense at one point was playing five starters down. And you're at three and two going into the bye week. Everybody would have taken that. I think all of those factors considered, and they're three and two, they're fine. It's crazy. I, I just, I, I can't deal with it sometimes. The dissatisfaction um, is just mind-blowing. Chris says, also, A&M didn't even look like a fluke. They were consistently driving down the field. They controlled the lines of scrimmage on Saturday for sure. Daniel says, for some reason, I have a feeling Georgia will lose to Florida. You and I do not share that feeling. But, hey, I, I, I hope so. Give me more chaos. Bring that on. I want more of it. But to tell you the truth, I don't, I don't share that uh, that feeling. Will says, the madness we are seeing this year is what I was expecting more of last year. Either way, I'm glad to have it. I don't have a dog in the hunt. I'm rooting for insanity. Yes. And also... A year going like this will expedite playoff expansion, which if you guys watch me every day, you know I think that's great for the sport, and we need it. Um, I mean, things are chaotic right now, but imagine if these chaotic games that we're seeing had playoff implications. Like, neither Ole Miss nor Arkansas are, are going to the college football playoff. Let's be realistic. They're not. But if the playoff was expanded, that 52-51 game, would have had playoff implications on it. So take that game, which was incredible, and add stakes to it. I mean, stakes make everything better, right? Uh, little little dad pun there. I got to stop doing that. My wife rolls her eyes at me. Uh, but that game, add stakes to that game, and how much better would that have been? All these great games, most of them don't have any playoff implications. I want the expansion. I think that would make this chaotic year even better if you can believe it um also i gotta show you guys something before i get into power rankings i gotta show you guys something there here's this guy uh, who covers arkansas apparently for 24 7 his name is danny west here's what he tweeted yesterday i'll just show it to you also i'll read it to you for those of you that listen in podcast form there's a lot of you danny west said yesterday on twitter 
yeah, yesterday, that Arkansas should never lose to the Mississippi schools in much of anything ever. That is what Danny West, who presumably gets credentialed, who covers Arkansas for 24-7. He also uh, hosts a radio show. You know, look, I'm a radio guy. I'm going to be a radio guy for the rest of my life. But sometimes radio guys say things that just are ridiculous. Um, if Arkansas should never lose to the Mississippi schools and anything ever, why, did, why the hell do they do it so consistently? Look at Arkansas's recent run against Mississippi State. If they should never do it, why do they constantly do it? In the playoff era, Arkansas is averaging seven and a half losses per season in the playoff era. They haven't had a team worth a shit since 2011, and you saw what happened to their coach at the time. Arkansas has like four 10-win-plus seasons in their program's history. They are nothing. They have been nothing since I've been alive, at least. It's an afterthought. Well, you have a state by yourself, but state really isn't all that talent-rich anyway. That exceptionalism, and you're going to get it from LSU people too during this coaching search. Uh, There was one media member based in Baton Rouge in particular that said LSU wouldn't take Pete Carroll because of his age. As if you could get Pete Carroll. I mean, the the exceptionalism that some people have with stuff like this is is hilarious. And this this guy that covers Arkansas saying that right there, where does that confidence or whatever, this exceptionalism, this feeling of superiority come from? Where does that come from? You haven't been better than the Mississippi schools in football really since I've been alive. I mean, this is absurd. Seven and a half losses per year in the playoff era. Since the playoff era began, Ole Miss has been to two access bowls. Mississippi State has been to an access bowl. Arkansas hasn't been any. Since the playoff began, Arkansas hasn't been worth a damn, honestly. Haven't been worth anything at all. In Arkansas's best sport, Mississippi State won a national championship. I mean, it's just uh, just mind-blowing, honestly, how people can just develop such a sense of superiority over football programs that beat yours. I don't get it. I really don't get it. Daniel asked if I've watched the video of AM Kickers families. Yeah, that's just that's why you love sports. I do respect the heck out of his wife, too. Like for he, he makes a game-winning field goal. He's that that's his wife, I believe. He's he's married. Um and she she starts to like go down and cry a little bit, and she looks up and sees everybody storming the field, and she doesn't even think about it. It's just Jump over, I'm gone. Like, see ya, I'm out of here. If they're running on the field, I am too. Just that quick decision-making is so funny to me. She looks up and just takes off on the field. I love it. But yeah, that's um, that moment, right? That's why we love sports, because you don't don't write that, you know? You you don't write that. What the heck happened in Panama? Oh, Chris, I don't, oh, man. So here's the thing about that. Uh, they played the end of last week, Sunday, and then a game Wednesday. So Burhalter, who everybody wants to, there's another thing about dissatisfaction. Burhalter this summer won two trophies with overmatched teams. This summer, this happened. And going into last night, they were first in the World Cup qualifying. Now they're second behind Mexico. 
And everybody wants the guy fired right now in the middle of World Cup qualifying. It just No, they, they played a lot of guys that uh, probably shouldn't be playing for rest purposes uh, because playing three games in, in like a week's time, less than a week, is really tough, especially when it's you're in Austin and you have to travel to Panama and play and then come back to Columbus, Ohio and play. Physically, that's tough. And so essentially, they tried to go down and steal one. And it didn't work out. And it was an own goal that was the difference. If they had gone in there and tied, it would have been fine. They're still in perfectly fine shape. They played like crap. But um, they took kind of a gamble to avoid having to play their best guys three games in less than a week. And it kind of bit them in the butt. But they're they're just fine. It was a frustrating day. But they're fine. Daniel says, the Arkansas Miss rivalry has taken a bizarre turn. No doubt. I mean, well, every game... If it's going to be like this, it's awesome. I mean, every, every game in it's been just incredible. But that kind of – I keep using the word exceptionalism because that's the best word that I can think of to describe that mentality. That exceptionalism, where, where, does, that, where does that come from? Where have you developed that? And Patrick says it's the Felix Jones, Jeremy McFadden era. But it's not like they were that good during that time either. They weren't even that good then. It's not like they won anything of value back then. I mean, yeah, they, they made it to a Sugar Bowl with Ryan Mallett and got beat by Terrell Pryor, but, like, <sighs> where does that come from? And, yeah, it, it doesn't affect our qualify. They're fine. They're, they're going to qualify. They're fine. It was, a, it was a bad night. Now, on Wednesday, they need to go and, and get a win in Columbus. I think they will. And once they do that, they're, they're very much in great shape. They're perfectly fine. Uh, is it still three teams going to the World Cup directly and one going to a playoff? Yes. Uh, yeah, so top three and four and five have like a play-in for the final spot. So four teams go, but the top three are auto-qualifiers. We are fine. We're five games into a 14-game window, and we're second in standings. We're fine. We're fine. People are freaking out. We're fine. Um but the risk did not pay off for uh, for Burhalter last night. That was ugly. That was really ugly. So don't forget, by the way, while you're here to subscribe to the YouTube channel, if you haven't already subscribed, Michael Borky on YouTube, follow on Twitter and Facebook, and wherever you get your podcasts, Mike in the Morning or my name should turn up results. And while you're here, if you like what you hear, actually like the video, that would help me a ton. So uh, I've got to get out of here pretty quick. I've got, uh, I've got some things to do, if you will, this morning. Um... But let's power rank the SEC. Let's power rank the SEC after. I've got them in six tiers, which is probably too many. Uh, but after week six, let's uh, let's do some power rankings. That's why you're here, right? That's what the headline says anyway. All right, so here's the list. I'm going to do it in grid form, but I'm going to do it as best I can, one through 14. But it's still going to be in this grid form. Because I think right now, for example, I mean... Texas A&M lost to Mississippi State, but Texas A&M beat Alabama. It, it's hard to do. So it's mostly going to be tier-based, but I'll give you one through 14 the best I can. Uh, number one, I think it's very clear, and they're on an island of one. It is Georgia. I uh, Going into the weekend of that Georgia and Alabama, if you guys watched mine last time, we're on the same plane. I do not believe that's the case anymore. So that's how it was. That is not how it is anymore. Georgia is very clearly, very clearly the best team in the SEC, they are now my pick to win the national champion or national championship. That is, uh, you know, 
you know, very bold. I'm really putting myself out there with that one. I understand how conservative that is, but that's the most talented team in the country. They're playing the best football, most consistent football right now, mostly because of how dominant they are on the lines of scrimmage. So Georgia one, Alabama two. I'm putting Kentucky on the same plane as Alabama at number three. Now, Let's be honest, if if Kentucky and Alabama played this Saturday, I think Alabama would win, probably rather comfortably. But but the results are what they are, and Kentucky belongs right now on the same level as Alabama. Kentucky, I think, is a better team than Texas A&M, and they're undefeated. They dominated LSU. They've got the win over Florida. Alabama has a win over Florida. Yeah, it was close with Missouri. Should not have been. Missouri, as we're learning now, is quite terrible. But Kentucky belongs on the same tier, to me, as Alabama. I don't even think that's really that hot. I think that's just kind of how it is right now. They've proven that they belong here with how they've started this season. Now, they're going to get tested this Saturday in Athens, and I don't think it's going to go particularly well with them because they run identical styles, and one of them is more talented than the other. But still, the results are what they are right now, and those results say that Kentucky is on the same tier as Alabama. And, yeah, Zach, I'm with you. I mean, this will change after this weekend. Um, This will change. But for now, this uh, this is how it is. Daniel says Alabama will be out for blood from now on. Um, yeah, the terrible timing for State to to get Alabama. Um, terrible timing. And Chris says, yeah, I feel bad for State this weekend. Um, you just you want to get out of it healthy, and you want to continue to show improvement. Um, expecting a win this weekend is not something that State fans should do, and I don't think they are. They just want to go in and play well. Because, um, yes, I know State just beat A&M, and then A&M turned around and beat Alabama. But I think we all kind of know how this is going to go. This this is what Alabama does. Um, even after an inexplicable loss, I think we kind of all know what what's coming. Um, and I feel bad for everybody remaining on their schedule after this. Everybody. This isn't just a thing uh, uh, about Mississippi State. It's everybody remaining on their schedule I fear, feel absolutely terrible for. This is how it goes. All right, tier below. So you got Georgia, Alabama, Kentucky. Uh, see, this is where I have trouble because Ole Miss is 4-1 and one, and their one loss is to Alabama. Florida's not there right now. Is it Texas A&M? This is where I had the most trouble earlier. Is it Texas A&M? Is it Mississippi State who just beat Texas A&M? But Mississippi State lost to LSU and Memphis. Texas A&M's losses are to Arkansas and Mississippi State. Better losses, and they have a win over Alabama. So maybe it shakes out this way. Um, I don't know. I mean, th- this is where I struggled the most with, is actually putting these in a numerical order. Is it... Ole Miss 4, A&M 5, Arkansas 6, but Arkansas beat Texas A&M. So is it Ole... I, I mean, just what what do you do with, the, with this lineup right here? Um, I think right now, even though their defense uh, showed you nothing on Saturday, I think still Ole Miss belongs at number 4. I mean, they do have a win over Arkansas, and they are currently 4-1. and one. I don't know what to do with any of this. 
I don't, I don't know. W- between State A&M and, and Florida, I think all of these teams are on the same tier right now. And honestly, I have a feeling that Mississippi State's going to start piling up some wins here down the stretch. I, we've talked about the schedule after Alabama before, but, I mean, really look at it. These final six games for State, after they get past the Alabama game, are, are all winnable. Will they win them all? No, I'm not saying that, but they are all winnable. But well, what do you do with this? I mean, I think A&M right now belongs ahead of them because they did just beat Alabama, and they both have the same amount of losses, even though State went into College Station and won. It's just hard. This is really hard and mind-blowing uh, right now. I mean, I think some people would argue that you could put Florida ahead of State. Um, I mean, maybe. I, I hear that. But I'm comfortable with this look right here. Uh, I mean, Tennessee, with the way they're playing at this point, belongs on that level. Don't you agree? I think the ten- the Tennessee run that they're on these last couple of games, they're more of a benefactor of their opponent more so than – well, they're playing well. I mean, you've got to play well to win games the way they've won them. But I think that's in part due to um, – who they've played more so than how they've played, which has been good. Um, This is going to sound crazy. In terms of defensive talent, I think Ole Miss might be the most talented of the three that Tennessee, Missouri, South Carolina, and Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss might be the most talented defense in those three games. That sounds crazy. They just gave up 51 points in 650 yards or whatever to Arkansas. But that's how poorly I look at South Carolina and Missouri. Hell, Missouri just fired their defensive line coach. South Carolina, outside of a defensive end who will play in the NFL, is completely depleted of talent. Completely depleted of talent right now. It's, you know, splitting hairs. It's really just not... Not that any of it really matters because... Ole Miss is still pretty bad, as we learned. But in terms of who's Tennessee facing and who's more talented defensively, this might sound crazy. It, it's not by a lot, and it's really marginal. But Ole Miss might be the most talented defense of the group of Missouri, South Carolina, and Ole Miss. It's crazy, I know. Brett says, four-way tie for fifth. I hear that. I hear that. See, I... I, I if you're going to bring Tennessee down to ninth, I, I I hear that. I'm actually okay with this right now where it sits. So, yeah, I, I hear you. So, if it's one, two, th- Georgia one, Alabama two, Kentucky three, Ole Miss four, if you wanted to put this group of Arkansas, A&M State, and Florida at a tie for fifth, I hear that. Arkansas does have a win over Texas, though, and Texas A&M. Mississippi State's best win is A&M. Florida's best win is is who? So, yeah, I'm comfortable with this order right here. Um, Tennessee and Auburn, I'll put on the same tier. LSU, South Carolina, Missouri on the same, and Vanderbilt on the bottom. So here's how I have it shaking out. This is what I wrote down for. And, uh, I, I mean, you could talk me out of all of these, but here's how I have it written down. 
Georgia 1, Alabama 2, Kentucky 3, Ole Miss 4, Arkansas 5, A&M 6, State 7, Florida 8, Tennessee 9, Auburn 10, LSU 11, South Carolina 12, Missouri 13, Vanderbilt 14. Uh, this is tough. I mean, again, the State just beat A&M, but A&M just beat Alabama. Arkansas beat A&M, so I think they belong ahead of there, and they have not played State or Florida yet. So I still think Arkansas, with their wins over A&M and Texas, belong there. Tennessee's looking better, but is it a product of competition? Uh, you know, maybe Auburn belongs in front of Tennessee right now, but, I mean, what, what's Auburn's best win? An eight-point loss in Happy Valley? Like, is that their best win? They should have lost to Georgia State. Auburn, I think, fits right here. LSU has quit on their football coach. The only reason why, if LSU and South Carolina played on Saturday, I think South Carolina would win. Yeah, they're talent depleted, but they give a damn. And right now, it looks like LSU has completely quit on their football coach. So this is about the best I can do right here. I think this makes the most sense. And by this time next week, none of it will make, we'll just have to scrap this and start all over because none of this will make any sense uh, at all. Not even uh, a little bit. Daniel says, I feel like Tennessee is getting too much respect for beating two bad teams. I, I do, but I mean, here's the thing. Would you be surprised if Tennessee beat Ole Miss this week? I wouldn't. I, I really wouldn't. I, I know that you know Ole Miss fans aren't going to like that. I would not be surprised. Ole Miss just gave up six hundred and what was it, fifty yards or whatever to Arkansas at home. I mean, Tennessee runs the football okay. I think Hendon Hooker is, I mean, really quite good. Honestly, he's really shown up, and, and he's athletic. He can run and, and beat you with his legs, but also he's a much accurate passer than the guy that allegedly beat him out for the job. On the road, hostile environment, which should be a really good environment in Knoxville. They may actually you know, get close to filling up the stadium for once this year. Kiffin's return, a lot of emotion charged up in that stadium. I, I wouldn't be surprised there. I really wouldn't. I really would not. Uh, I don't think they will. I'm, I'm Here, spoiler, I'm going to pick Ole Miss minus the four because of how well Matt Corral's playing right now. And I do think Tennessee's benefiting from two previously not good opponents, but I wouldn't be surprised if Ole Miss went in there and lost. I wouldn't be at all. And uh, that game comes on right after my son's two-year birthday party on Saturday. <sighs> you want to talk about time flying? Holy crap. Time just... Just... You blink, and he's two. It's insane. But yeah, we're having a birthday party, and then when that ends, Ole Miss Tennessee begins. So... Yeah, Brett, and I agree with you. Matt Corral is the factor, though. He is the factor. Uh, Ole Miss should be favored in every game they play from here on out, depending on how Texas A&M looks. Uh, in, you know, the Egg Bowl might be like a, a two- or three-point line one way or the other, maybe in, in favor of State. But when you have a quarterback that's that good, that's the X factor in every game. Chris, that was a long time ago, man. Chris says, that's crazy. I remember when you were single. Yeah, man. Yeah, that was a long time ago. And um, yeah, now I got a two-year-old. Time. Blink and it'll just whiz right by you. But anyway. Yeah, those are my tier rankings and I'm sticking to them at least for another few days. Uh, tomorrow we'll look at the slate, give some early thoughts and stuff like that. Uh, so the marquee win for the Big Ten East, Sebastian says, is the 10th best SEC team. 
Well, they're all about to play each other. So Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, and Michigan State, there's one loss among those. No, Penn State lost because Clifford got hurt. Sorry. So there's two losses among those four teams right now. Um, They're all about to play each other. Every single one of them are about to play each other. Uh, The Big Ten might cannibalize itself. But, like, if Ohio State runs the table, I think they'll make the playoff. Uh, if Penn State gets wins over Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State, they have a shot. Of course, we'll see what Iowa does. Iowa has a um, a favorable schedule. Randall says, what's the value pick? Put the money on Ole Miss. Points will move in favor of Ole Miss later this week. Well, they are the current favorite. They're, they're the Vegas favorite right now. I think it's four. We'll look at those uh, tomorrow more in depth. Uh, Daniel says the FPI actually gives Tennessee a 56% chance of winning. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. Sometimes the FPI is is really good at uh, at picking these things. I lean on the S&P Plus more than the FPI, which is also an ESPN-owned thing, but that's Bill Connolly's formula. Uh, but the Vegas line uh, is currently... Uh, in Ole Miss's favor. That's what I mean when I say favored. I'm specifically talking about Vegas line. Um, you know, maybe the Egg Bowl will have, you know, state minus two or three because I suspect that they're going to win a few games down the stretch for sure. Um, but, I mean, Ole Miss is A&M at home. They have to go Jordan-Hare, but Auburn, my gosh, we got to stop looking at Auburn the way some people do. We'll see. We will see. Big week upcoming. Uh, I've got to go. I have uh, I, on a time limit today. I have got to go. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, and I'll be back tomorrow. We'll, we'll take an early look at this weekend's games. And uh, I'll be on the radio this afternoon as well. Catch me there. I'll see you guys tomorrow morning. Talk Mississippi Media Production.